Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we are continuing our set on the Drifter. Uh, this is part three, uh, and the final part, supposedly. Uh, we kept this one a little shorter than the rest of them, just because there's not a whole lot uh, that we know about the Drifter, but we gathered it all together as much as we could. Uh, this is also a a Tanner and Chiller episode, because I just got back from Hawaii, and it was awesome, and I'm feeling really good. So, uh, with that out of the way, Myth, where are we at? Yeah, so last episode, uh, we kind of, we talked about the Drifter's various crews throughout his, his years prior to meeting us, the Guardian, um, his... Uh, run-ins with the the renegade or the man with the golden gun also known as shin malfer um, we talked a little bit about who shin was and why he was important as well um, as well as the creation of the malfeasance gun and uh, why that was an important thing for the drifter and uh and we kind of led up to him being uh you know he was in the tower gambit had been established there were uh he was under the watchful eye of the vanguard and and under investigation by um the the warlock of the praxic order anur but uh you know nothing came of that investigation obviously gambit is still there and drifter is still there uh, well, mo- most of Gambit's still there. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to Gambit Prime and Reckoning. Maybe so. <laughs> the investigation Maybe so. had a conclusion, and they were like, hey, those two portions are bad. Get rid of those. And Griffith was just like, meh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll merge them or something. We'll see. Nah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Drifter at this time in the tower gambit is is established and doing its thing in its various forms and uh we are now going to dive into some information tonight talking about the the drifter his connections some of the predictions he has received uh and his connections briefly with the nine actually uh as well as his role in the season of arrivals and beyond light and in the more recent seasons and how his character has, I don't know if changed is the right word, but gotten a little more attached maybe than he's been in the past to uh, the cause uh, and who is being affected by the events going on. He he does seem a little more involved lately, hasn't he? Especially like obviously the last two seasons. Well, hell, even even since as far back as uh, uh, Beyond Light, like he definitely seems like he's getting more and more involved. It's I don't I don't know if it's a uh, like a self preservation thing for him because that that's typically what we see out of Drifter, right? Like it's always yeah. the the I'm I'm in it for me. I need to I need to do what I need to do to stay alive to keep going on my own terms and my own path. But like he's he's been very uh, <laughs> cooperative <laughs> the last uh, yeah. few seasons, um, and and you mentioned arrivals too. That was even before Beyond Light. So like from arrivals, he was still starting to get more and more into helping out and and um, doing what the Drifter does is just being himself. And yeah. and there's there's got to be an ulterior motive, right, for him helping us. Well, I think the ulterior motive may just be that like. 
his survival is hinged on our ability to defend the system against what's coming. That's uh, true. I'll, I, I'll agree with that one. He he definitely has backup plans and contingencies for if that defense <laughs> fails. But yeah. ultimately, I think he would prefer if we're able to beat the forces of the witness and then he can just keep on doing what he's been doing. There you go. Alrighty, well, where are we starting tonight? Yeah, so tonight we are starting uh, a little bit before arrivals. Uh, we are going to be at um, the season of uh, season of the Drifter. That is what it's called. We were, we were we couldn't quite remember last episode, but that is what it was called. It it really was. That's yep. that just seems like either lazy <laughs> programming or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty on the nose, yeah. Uh, but season of the Drifter, in in particular, we're gonna focus on two uh, pieces of the kind of main story quest chain that happened during that season, and that that main quest chain was kind of just a in in a introduction and. Uh, uh, a glimpse into a couple of points in the Drifter's history, which we talked about already in, in last season with his run-ins with Shin and whatnot. Um, but the season ended giving us the realization that Drifter knows a lot more than he was letting on, even this long, you know, this long ago. This season of uh, the Drifter was, I think, immediately after Forsaken or, or shortly after Forsaken. I think you're right. It was either that one or uh no, uh uh Black Armory. Was Black Armory right before that one? It might have been Black Armory and then Drifter. For those of you that don't know, Ada wasn't always just a quest. She wasn't just a vendor. She actually made us do stuff for her. And she was mean. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was super mean. She didn't like us at all. No, until we flashed the membership card and then we were okay. Exactly. Uh... That's that's all it took. <laughs> But, <clears throat> so but yeah. the quest dialogue that we're going to be talking about here comes from a quest called um, Invitation of the Nine, Mystery and Potential. And this was one of those ones that you visited multiple times uh, throughout the season, you know, one each week kind of thing. And you'd get a different little uh, scene that you got to see play out. Um, so this is from the eighth visit for this. Uh, and although this is an in-game cutscene, which is on YouTube, again, highly recommend you look those up. Uh, I'm going to read the transcript of that scene to, you know, get an idea, at least through, for, through an audio format of what took place. So this was on, uh, the hall of the derelict, uh, drifter's ship. And it says the guardian jumps into a portal in the hall a large form of the emissary appears before the guardian, along with a vision of the drifter and a normal-sized emissary. So think of like when you finish the prophecy dungeon, that kind of space, the big emissary head there and just kind of like uh, water everywhere else. And in this space, we see this scene play out. Drifter, hey, how you living, sister? What can old drifter do for you today? Want to play some gambit? The emissary. The dredgen has visions. They disturb him. Silhouettes of three triangular pyramids briefly appear near the emissary. You know about those, huh? You the one causing them? Tell you right now, I don't appreciate what they say. 
The gift is showing you what you must see. It is your fate. No, I make my own choices. If that is what you want to believe. Freaking psycho. And that's the end of that particular vision. So, like, I'm assuming the triangles are, they're pyramid ships. Yeah, they're, it's a silhouette of a, a pure, I say silhouette, it's like a hologram of a, a pyramid ship. Oh, sure, ship. sure, sure. And, and, and like, what, what, what is the emissary trying to tell the drifter here? Is it, is this like, um, is this like a, hey, even though you think you're in control, you have so little control over over the grander scheme of everything like what's what's the big what's the big message from the emissary here i'm thinking and some of this we'll see in the the next entry but but what it what it seems to allude to is that drifter has had visions of the pyramid ships coming like he he has seen these things coming into the solar into the soul system and again this is season of the drifter this is before the guardians have been aware like God, they haven't showed is... up in our system yet i was going to say that is so long ago like the the only other time that like we as the player even saw the pyramid ships was what at the at the end of the red war campaign when the light went out and it flashed it washed over them and they all kind of like came to life and turned towards soul and started heading that way right we the player saw it but the Guardian did not. Right, exactly. So, but Drifter has been seeing visions of these apparently for how long? Unknown. But uh, he seems to think, and, and the emissary I think confirms that the Nine are the ones that are giving him these visions, because uh, the emissary says, you know, the Dredgen has visions, and Drifter's asking, oh. like, oh, you know about those? Are you the one causing them? The emissary responding with the gift is showing you what you must see. Uh, I'm taking that to mean the nine have given him the gift of this foresight in yeah. whatever form. Uh, okay. And yeah, I'm following now. Yeah, and the, and the emissary I think is saying like your role, knowing this information, is to prepare is is to get people ready for this, and Drifter is is deciding like. Now I'm I'm gonna prepare for me to stay okay, but I'm not gonna like sound the alarms. Uh and and the emissary is saying, like, you know, you may think that you're in control of what's happening here, but this is all above you. Interesting. That's well, and again, I I think that still plays into his idea of, you know, I'm playing this I'm playing I'm playing my life for me. You know, like it, yeah. As if if something else happens that just so happens to benefit me, cool. But if it doesn't directly benefit me, then I I don't give a shit type thing. Like that definitely seems the. And I'm curious if that's a if that's a like we saw we saw that a little bit when he was first rezzed, right? Like he the, the ghost was like go that way, and he's like no, not doing that. But then like that idea of self preservation seemed to evolve after the events of uh eaton like mm -hmm. eaton definitely seemed like there was a little bit of self-preservation there but it it because it, 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 he even during then it was described as, as him you know going out and collecting 
supplies just to watch the 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 non-risen hunt them down and, and enjoy life and and to live life fearless like you know like they only have one life to live whereas he had infinite lives essentially so it, it's it's interesting to see that evolution of self of purely self-preservation uh versus like preservation of the greater good or, or preservation of the greater populace or something like that yeah, I, I think Drifter has always really deep down been actually very, very kind, very like he, he wants the people around him to to be doing well. But he's been burned so many oh, yeah. times, sometimes oh in, God, yes. in pursuit of helping people you know, be better off that I, I think he's just been, you know, he, he is he's jaded at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe that's where he gets the coins from. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and this is a, an interesting fact that, uh, you know, we read, but didn't really, you know, hold on for too long. Um, the, the, the Jade snakes, the, the, the intertwined snakes that are the symbol of Gambit that he wears a necklace of, uh, everywhere though we've never seen him take it off. Um, that's the tattoo that Oren had. Is yep. that that same symbol? So like, as as rough and tumble and wild west as he wants to be, like he still has he still holds a lot of things at sentimental value. Um, absolutely. Like he absolutely. That that's kind of been his thing. He remembers. Yep. Yep. So I. Uh, this is the the next reading is also going to be from Invitation to the Nine. Uh, it is the next week, the week nine, which was the last one of this season, I believe. And uh, the cutscene that we get there, uh, the Guardian again enters the hall, uh, and the emissary appears before them and says, "This we have another truth to share with you. The Dredgen should have told you himself, but as always." Fear keeps him from true potential. Please open your mind. And then the Guardian experiences a vision of the Drifter uh, in the section of the tower where he was before the Annex, where he is now. He used to be tucked away in this little corner, like under a gate. Uh, and so we're, we're seeing him in that original location, that, that more hidden location. Uh, and we see this scene play out or the Guardian sees this scene play out. Uh, the Drifter is repeatedly throwing one of his jade coins up in the air and catching it. Drifter, <laughs> might just pull this scam off, and when the time comes, we'll finally be in the clear. The Drifter throws the jade coin in the air, but it doesn't fall back down this time. He looks up and finds himself teleported into the area in the hull, with the large form of the emissary. Nothing but water stretches before him. Huh. The drifter looks around and notices a dark silhouette of a horse nearby. The drifter turns back around and notices the large form of the emissary in front of him. The emissary speaks. We have enjoyed watching you. We came to say farewell. Our attention is required elsewhere. Well, all right. Thanks for the memories, you lunatic. 
Anything else I can do for you? You're already doing it. Keep playing the game. The jade coin that Drifter previously had tossed in the air falls into the palm of his hand. The shape of a triangular pyramid, similar to the one shown in the previous vision, is now on the coin. The vision ends, and the guardian is back in the presence of the emissary. The emissary speaks. The night falls. Out there on the edge, your fate is a war unseen amid ruined fleets. Two women, feared, untrusted, forever at arm's length. Here at home, your fate is a coin in the hand of a liar. One man, afraid, untrustworthy, forever grasping. You must reckon with yourself. Can you see the path ahead? Do you know the shape of your trial? And the emissary disappears, and the scene ends. So there's two points on this that I want to that I want to kind of hone in on. The one, what the what is the 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 nine mentions or the emissary mentions we're needed elsewhere. Like, for what? For why? Like, what are you what you doing over there? We legitimately <laughs> don't know. They've been they've been so mysterious like that for like the entire time we've ever talked to them. They they always they always I mean that's part of the nine is they are they are that kind of like mystery and you and I theorize that like they're a different plane of existence and they don't truly know how to communicate using our mm-hmm. level of communication. Um, and so that's part of the reason for them being so mysterious is they just they don't know how to communicate. Um, and so that's where I'm like, what what the hell? Where are they needed? What are, what are they doing? I, I think it may be accurate to say this is the last time we actually do anything substantial with the nine, I suppose, other than the prophecy dungeon. Um, I'm trying to think now. I, I think you're right. I say, and, and even the prophecy dungeon isn't really explain much. It, it's mostly <laughs> right. just them passing the message of like, hey, light and dark are tools. Use them both, <laughs> essentially. Yep. And and there's going to be a darkness, uh, Elixney coming. <laughs> Deal with it. That's that's as far as the prophecy dungeon. That's the way, that's the vibes that I get from it. Is like, hey, light and darkness are tools. Use them as you see fit. And here's this darkness, uh, uh, Elixney coming because you you chase her through the whole thing. You get to the very end, and she's just a everyone just thinks of her as just a taken kill or whatever but i always i always saw her as like the the um not predecessor but like the 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 forewarning of aramis coming oh yeah no that that makes perfect sense to me and that's that's the way i've always viewed her is like like that was that was a vision to us from the nine showing that aramis is coming aramis is using darkness powers you know she yeah. will be a threat and then of course literally the next season was uh or i think this the yeah the the next thing that happened after that uh dungeon came out the next big thing was beyond light so then we dealt directly with aramis yeah no i think you're you're right on the money there because the nine always it that's the thing with the nine right there's they're always trying to tell us something but because of that communication breakdown we don't fully ever understand what they're trying to tell us. 
Yeah, no, they they can never quite get the message. Like, they, and that's why they have to work through somebody else. They have to have a messenger because they don't have a means to communicate with us directly. So that's why we get the em- well, Zer first, and then the emissary afterwards. Yep. And then there was another part of that scene, um, and now I'm trying to think through the scene in my head, and I've already forgotten it. I feel bad. Uh, but about uh, a little bit after that, uh, so give me give me another quick brief rundown of, of the scene. So he, he, the emissary shows up, uh, says her message, and he's like, good, bye. And then she says, keep doing what you're doing, keep playing the game. Yeah, so she, she tells him, he, he says, you know, is there anything else I can do for you? Uh, emissary says, no, nope, just keep playing the game. I I feel like that's like a fourth wall meta thing. Like, <laughs> may, you never as, know with as, them. Like, <laughs> as much as the emissary is telling Drifter to keep playing his gambit, they're they're actually telling us, the viewer of the video, keep playing the game. It enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no. After that, just says you know, there's a war unseen coming. I. Uh, Two women feared, untrusted, That's for her at arm's length. I, That's I assume that is Mara and Eris. And I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. That is very similar to what we saw from the the dream of Sheer, of Sheer Ido. Yes. Uh, in the sleepless uh, rocket lore, she talks about to you know mara standing on top of a pyramid ship or a triangle that's been cleaved in two and another woman's up there so we're seeing more of that and that's like that that to me is like the fact that that is called out in two places that the the emissary here has called it out and it was on the lore of a of a a gun that had come out uh the season previous to this because obviously the sleepless rocket launcher is is from the dreaming city and that had come out with forsaken mm-hmm. and then now we're seeing you know a good six because because this was the ninth right the ninth and final uh yeah vision yep so so we're talking basically two whole seasons worth of of content there the 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 entire black armory season and then the entire season of the drifter to get to the scene for them to kind of like refresh that to us the player and say hey the you know two women that are torn and whatever so i mean and and you and i have theorized like who the two are like mara's got to be one of them right like that's just kind of a a given yeah i'm i'm pretty solid on it's mara and Eris. Well, that's that's where I was thinking. The second person of that is where I think you and I have a little bit of of, of conflicting who we think it is. I I I absolutely believe it could be Eris. I'm more curious if it's more leaning towards um, Elsie. I don't think so. I think Elsie is here to inform and to assist, but I do not think she has the power to steer the fate of a system. Otherwise she would not have been through so many unsuccessful futures. Oh, I like that. I like that idea. I, I, that's the second part of that. Like if she did, if she was able, cause she's not a guardian, she doesn't have any type of like, no makes her own fate or anything like that. Eris, as much as she doesn't have a ghost, she's still a guardian. Like, She's still but, paracausal well, no. through stasis or through darkness. Right, now. right. Because she she doesn't have a connection to the light anymore, right? Because her ghost is, her ghost has died. Not as far as we know. No, we've never seen her, and she has said uh, as such herself to Crow that like she hasn't been able to use the light 
ever That's since right. then. This the scene where Crow and her uh, were near the the shard of the traveler, mm-hmm. and he pulls out a golden gun and lets her squeeze off around. Like that was like her, and and she that was the first time he had ever seen her smile because like that was that was her getting to feel the light again and and to feel that that connection again. So yeah, I think you're right. I think the only the only type of connection any type of power she has is stasis, um, which is that's just interesting to me to think of of a lightless guardian or a guardian that has become lightless now fully embracing stasis as another paracausal tool to use to their whim, which that, that obviously brings to mind one other light bearer who is now life lightless um, and has been stuck in a coma for a hot second. Uh, Osiris. Do you think that Osiris and I know this is completely off topic, but do you think that Osiris would do the same thing that Eris would and embrace a darkness, some sort of darkness paracausal ability just to have that connection to paracausality? So we've been off topic for about five minutes now. So I'm going to... Hey, shush you! <laughs> I, I'm going to answer this, and then I think we're going we're gonna to get back on, on track. Uh, Fair enough. Yes, I think Osiris absolutely uh, would and will embrace darkness as a tool um i think he will be amongst the first after ourselves to um learn how to utilize strand uh i would argue eris is already using strand even if she doesn't know it when she's uh making the connections with the egregore to communicate with callus's subconscious because strand is psychic energy yep um, i think you're i think you're a 100% on the nose there. And the fact that Osiris is literally in the title card for Lightfall also kind of leads some <laughs> some credence to that. Kind of kind of dropped the ball on that uh, promotional advertisement or maybe they didn't like <laughs> yeah, I mean Bungie's in full control of what they're doing here. It's it's not like it's under Activision where it's like, "Oh, you have to show off all this stuff and yeah. whatever." Yeah. So they they okay. Didn't didn't want to keep steering you away, but go ahead and bring us back. So back to Drifter. In that same dialogue, when I was talking about the two women feared and untrusted, I uh, emissary also says, "Here at home, your fate is a coin in the hand of a liar, one man afraid and untrustworthy, forever grasping." She is implying to me that our fate. The fate of the guardian, perhaps the fate of the city, whatever home here at home is implying, um, is in the hands of the drifter in some way. And maybe that's why they were giving him these visions, not so that uh, he could, you know, be the one to sound the alarms and save the solar system, maybe so that he could prepare because his role is going to determine whether or not the Guardian lives or whether or not Earth lives or, or something along those lines. Holy shit. Okay. But, so... Bigger, bigger shoes to fill than I expected. A little bit. Um, we also, uh, moving, moving forward, uh, jumping ahead to Season of Arrivals now, um... Drifter is uh, not just dealing with the you know the nine and the guardians and the tower and all that. Uh, it's alluded to in the current season, season of plunder, that he has a history with Spider. 
we can see one of these transactions in the gun false promises from season of arrivals. Uh, and the uh, lore card for that goes like this. The spider eyes the drifter, boots to bandana. Hmm, my favorite. Spider trails off with a drag of ether to select a title befitting the drifter. Nothing. You think this'll take? The drifter says and nods skyward, kicking an empty ether canister off the side of their floating moat of reef. Red streaks burn in the star-sea sky beyond the vast cloud of asteroids and dust, drawing the shape of a new constellation as the warmind launches fresh guns. An almighty effort, splendid. Spider steps off a transit craft alone. We could have met in a more protected place. You don't like being seen with me? The spider is a friend to all, but not all friends are friends, Spider says and focuses his gaze on the drifter. You should have come to me. You keep too many bodies around. Bodies can stab you in the back. Running shows your back, the spider's voice shudders, to everyone. Drifter pauses a moment and looks around at the desolate scape. Small boulders hang in space, slowly drifting towards each other, making contact and bouncing away on random trajectories. Some stick incorporated via destructive consummation. He scowls and turns back to Spider. Stretch your legs. No one here for miles. Spider unfurls himself, slurping a heavy vacuumous drag from his rebreather. Fully upright, he dwarfs the drifter in shadow. Isolation is not the same as protection, friend. Friendship gonna save us from what's coming? Drifter asks. He places his fingertips together, the space between his hands resembling a triangle. The odds are in your favor, but... A guttural laugh ripples from the spider's belly and sends vibrations through the loose-packed dirt underfoot. I'm the wrong one to come to for comfort. I get it. You tried running last time. Didn't work. Now you're trying to hide. Let me give you some advice. That doesn't work either. Hiding, the spider asks and waits. The board changes. The board clears. I don't play. I just price the pieces. Cold-blooded. World's ending and you want to run it for all it's got. End is a matter of perspective. Devastation is oftentimes profitable. What if nothing's left? Skin and bones. There's always ivory among the bones. Bull. You remind me of my compatriots. Spider wraps his fingers around a small clod of earth drifting by. They looked at the whirlwind like you. Scared. He closes his hand, crushing the clod into a dense mound. It fractures into several pieces and wafts away. But here we are, living on anyway. Yeah, fallen. Fallen. I hold favor among witches and kells and whispering agents of every shade and shape. 
My web is vast, and I have proven useful. Let the kings bloody each other, and I'll just direct the runoff. You talking about the guardians? Hate to break it to you, but they're a cheap date. Cheap is malleable. Cheap becomes cheaper in desperation. Yeah, the drifter pulls a small and ornate box of awoken design from his rucksack. Who you looking for with this anyway? The spider steps toward Drifter, smothering his personal space. Options, my dear rogue, tangled in the web. He takes the box with his dominant arms and plops two stuffed sacks of ghost shells in the Drifter's hands with the other. Went through hell to get that little box. Don't come with no throne, Drifter says, holding his voice steady jaw tense to stay the trembling. The spider chitters as a shiver runs through him. No, just a looking-glass window. Good business, friend. The hulking fallen dawn turns to leave. Remember, remain useful. When you find him, you sure the past won't come knocking? No one minds the spider. Lucky you. And that's the end of that card. Well. Shit. <laughs> yeah. He's dead. I they've been they've been dealing wheeling and dealing for a hot second. I mean the two of them are Oh yeah. Uh, peas peas in a pod is what I what I think of Spider and, and Drifter. I um, mean they're to the point that Drifter is smuggling artifacts or items to Spider in some way, in spite like this is this is a long going business relationship. Absolutely, I was I was going to ask, is there any like when you said a woken box? I'm like, is there any other description or like what the hell this thing is? Not really sure. I couldn't find any other description, and it's also very hard to search for a woken box <laughs> and try to find <laughs> other things that way. Um, no, that's. That's fair. But whatever it is, it appears to be able to uh, allow Spider to locate somebody. Uh, I'm wondering... I'm thinking like some sort of like ley line compass or something, right? Yeah, maybe so. Like this was Season of the Arrivals. This was prior to Mara coming back. Maybe Spider was trying to keep track of where Mara was. Um, cause she the two of them definitely don't like each other. Yeah, so he may have just been trying to track like, okay, when is she coming back into the system so that you know, he can be ready in whatever way he needs to be. Um, right. Yeah. So not a hundred percent sure, but important enough that he exchanged, uh, ghost shells of all things. Uh, yeah. With I was going to say it like, I, I was expecting a bag of glimmer or something, but ghost shells. Yeah. And, what the uh, hell? I mean, we know Drifter has used ghost parts before to do things to his own ghost. Maybe oh, he's trying to right. do other things. I totally, yeah. Maybe he's, trying, maybe he's still modifying it. Maybe so. He can't talk anymore, so. <laughs> right. Can't, can't put up a protest when it can't talk. So, Drifter's definitely got multiple irons in the fire. He, he has plans and contingency plans for those plans. Well, I like what Spider says at the end there too. Like, keep yourself useful. Tempting, yeah. like as soon as you're not useful, like you you're just fodder on one side or the other. It doesn't matter. But as long as you have a purpose 
and and spider's making that very much clear that he that spider himself has a purpose mm-hmm. you know being a a black market dealer of whatever um like who cares what side is playing what i'm a deck i'm a you know let the kings kill each other i'm a just direct the the, the runoff um yeah no it's this it, this is this is very much about just staying useful in the general sense in the general purpose sense um for for one's own survival so like i said peas peas in a pod the two of these two oh yeah but uh spider is not the only one that drifter has a relationship with uh though theirs is i think purely business um yeah if you've been playing the the current season you have maybe seen some dialogue and, and we're actually going to go over some of that uh, near the end of tonight, but some dialogue between Drifter and another character that is a little more familiar, a little more friendly. Uh, and we can see kind of the starts of this uh, partnership um, in Season of the Arrivals uh, with the decoding of the the Tree of Silver Wings that was happening during that season by Eris Morn. And uh, Eris has some interactions with the Drifter here and throughout pretty much the rest of the game after this point and after Season of the Arrivals um, that we're going to go over. Because although it is still very Eris-focused, it all is dealing with the Drifter and informing of his character and of the opinions of other people about him. So I I think it's important to to keep in, in... you know, a series about him. Um, sure. So the, uh, the first of those that we're going to read is also from Season of Arrivals, the legendary bow called Whispering Slab. Uh, the bow is ugly as sin, in my opinion. I can't. I can't use it. I, <laughs> as, 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 and, and myth, myth, I think you have a, you're in agreements with this. Like, as far as aesthetics, like as, as, bow users in real life it this thing just looks <laughs> fugly yeah it, it's kind of like carrying around a you know plank of plyboard that's uh, what it looks like <laughs> it looks like somebody just took just they just ran a buzzsaw down a strip of plywood was like there and tied to tied a string to either end of it and was like there and you're just like what in the fuck is this? Like, this isn't functional at all. Like, what is wrong with you? So, aesthetics aside, though, uh, the lore card for it is very interesting and informing um, of these two characters, and it goes like this. Eris Morn walks with slow, silent steps towards a haggard drifter, shoving small bags into a larger one. Dim and exhausted motes lie scattered throughout the derelict, slowly evaporating. She retrieves a moat from the floor and shines her burning light over the cracked surface. The light struggles to leave the cracks. She lets the disintegrating moat drop and shatter into dust against the floor grates, and it chimes like resonant glass. The drifter whirls around to face the noise, almost losing his footing. He lets his hands slide off his holstered trust as recognition washes over him. Ain't anybody ever tell you not to skulk? It's rude. Noted. Are you vacating? Road trip. 
How'd you get in here, anyway? The airlock was open. Uh-huh. If I said I were here to run in your rat race, would it change your tune? Uh-huh. Eris drops her shoulders and approaches the drifter. I want your help. Uh-huh. His brow furrows with suspicion. Why? Didn't you save the universe yet? The drifter turns back to shoving bags in bags. It seems to be continually in peril. To be honest, I'm not sure that I've helped. Eris hands him a bag. I need your knowledge. You? No. I've had some troubling experiences as of late. Yeah, it's called life. I need to know, she says and hesitates, half-hearted restraint preceding sacrilege. Tell me how to interpret the darkness. What am I, some crusty woo-woo sage? Beat it, kid, I'm packing. Do not ignore me, Eris says, her voice is calm and piercing. We've both seen beneath the surface. Drifter drops the pack in his hand and picks a jade coin off his workbench. Asher is entrenched in his thinking, she says, and gently places a palm down on the workbench beside them. Ikora, she tries, she hears, but she doesn't understand. No one is listening. Drifter pockets the coin and turns to face her. He stares, deep. Experience. Hell of a thing. He looks down the gangway of the derelict, through the gate that would take him to his hall. Favors ain't free. I do this, and you owe me. Eris nods. Drifter swipes the workbench clean and pulls out a retractable seat for himself. How long you got? The two sit. They speak. They listen. Linkages forged in light and dark of traded secrets as the derelict hangs in orbit around the earth. Packs are made. Soon there is only the silence of knowing left between them. Next time you fly over the moon, dust your boots, tracking that crap all over my floors. Eris shakes her head and moves toward the airlock. Drifter yells after her. And call next time. I could have blown those fancy eyes straight out of your face. I'll try to be more mindful of your many eccentricities in the future. And that's the end of that card. There's there's so many times it's so hard not to laugh during this <laughs> card. Because it's just it's just the drifter being the drifter and Eris being Eris and the two of them in the same space is just so fucking it's, I, I don't I don't know what like it's pretty do I take it serious? It's good. It's it, it really does. Um but yeah, they they both know some shit. Uh and have shared said shit now. Yeah. Um for I I assume hours. It, it a long time from the sounds yeah. of it. I think perhaps Drifter is the one that in this scene has taught Eris how to use stasis. I think you're right. Or or how to access use of the dark at least. Right. Right. 
or or at least knowledge of the dark because the, the there's one scene that I'm remembering and I, and I could be remembering it wrong and I wish I could remember when it was from um maybe it was before arrivals I I don't remember uh Eris is standing in front of one of those veil looking statues right like the K1 anomaly yeah um statues and she has the the gold orb in in one hand right like or no 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 i think it's just her rock yeah i think it's just her rock just her rock right. yep. yeah and she goes up to the statue and puts a hand on it and the blue stasis starts kind of like emanating off of the statue into her arm yes. and she kind of like she kind of like pulls back a second and then like like caresses part of the statue and then like her green orb turns to blue stasis and she smiles and like that scene i was so concerned about and so but i don't remember when that scene was i don't remember if that was after their adventures on europa i don't think it was i think it was part of shadow keep yeah that was absolutely part of shadow keep that was kind of an epilogue scene to the shadow keep like story missions i i believe you got that after you helped eris um banish all of her her nightmares right when you collect like the different parts of her fire team like saimota's necklace and waning's loincloth or something yeah because she uses all of those different pieces uh as her own form of um armor against the pyramid's influence to go into the pyramid like we did with our original oh right with the whole dream bane set dream bane yeah yeah because you had to collect each piece of dream bane set to even enter the pyramid i see what you're saying like she's she's forging her own little like protection barrier yeah so she's using those pieces as her own dream bane set to actually access the pyramid and that's where she encounters the power that is, I, I think, is granted the power that is stasis, but perhaps doesn't know how to use it or really sure. funnel it until she talks with Drifter. I was going to say that's what we're seeing here with Drifter is because I, I assume Drifter knows a lot more about darkness than he's letting on. I mean, he's using dark modes. That's what I'm saying. Like, he he knows a lot more about darkness than anyone else in the room uh, pretty much up until uh and and maybe even now um but definitely up until uh uh beyond light yes so and and of course throughout the entire beyond light thing it's it's the three of them it's Eris, drifter and uh and elsie running around doing stasis shit and being badasses mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it it i definitely think that he's sharing the majority of the darkness as and that's that's interesting to think too that like every time everyone thinks of Eris, like we always think of her, oh she's the dark queen, she's the she's the hive brood mother, blah, 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 like whatever. Um, but I don't think she knows as much about darkness as like obviously someone like Drifter who's using it on a daily basis or is is interacting with it somehow on a daily basis. I mean, and she, yeah, she knows about the hive, and the hive right. certainly tap into dark abilities we theorize they tap into strand in some way um but you know strand is a little different than stasis and the hive have a very different way of accessing that power than guardians do right Um, 
so she she may know the theory behind how the hives you know hive does their rituals and what it allows them to do and and you know knows all of that but has not actually uh you know had to figure out how to channel things outside of those hive practices right right and that's and that's where she's trying to expand her knowledge here yeah by using using the the one person that would do such yeah and i'm I'm curious like it it says uh linkages forged in light and dark of of traded secrets such as that like are, are they are they discussing light bearer things as well or like just idea like kind of like what we do where we're discussing oh well this is what i think of darkness this is where i think that something's happening here oh okay well because of that logic i think this is what's happening with light and so now we're starting to deduce logic from one or the other you think you think that's kind of what's going on here yeah a little bit um and actually this throws a gives me a couple ideas um drifter may have had access to stasis in its actual like freezy form um well before Elsie show, showed up or well before we we knew uh because the more i think about it they're talking about you know f- connections forged between light and dark i wonder if that ice planet if the ice that was everywhere or or at the very least the ice monoliths that were trapping some of these entities, these dark entities that sucked light away, were actually made of stasis crystals. And if I his, you're right. if that's the case, he supposedly had access to that that ability, that that ability to yep. stun those creatures when he made adjustments to his ghost. His ghost saying it allowed him to access different frequencies. So he may have. Yep through because we know darkness can be channeled through our ghosts by nature of the witness being able to take them over and talk to us that way um so he may have inadvertently been the first person the first guardian to have access to stasis by making those changes to his ghost but just not know how to like access and channel it in in specific ways like hucking a uh, hucking a desk field grenade or throwing a shuriken or something like that or maybe he did and he just didn't feel the need to share it with anyone because it was a weapon that's in his that's back pocket. true that's and everything for him is a self-preservation thing so anything that he can keep is a hey i've got this one little thing up my sleeve you know mm-hmm. you see a shuriken stasis stasis come out and you've never even heard of darkness you're like what the fuck was that you know and then yeah. and then you're frozen and dead yeah, if, no, that that makes sense. If he had to ever have a showdown with Shin Malfer, like sure, he's malfeasance yeah. would do the job, but uh, I don't know that Shin would know what to do if there's a you know a squall coming at him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, nobody ever does. No, you try does. to run out of it and break out of it, and you're like, oh hey, I broke free, and then the animation of you breaking free just kills you. Like nobody knows how to outrun, <laughs> except for some for some reason hunters. Maybe I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, and and I like the I like the two the other two things in here, um, where, you know, uh, Eris is is thinking of people that are trying to figure out, uh, stasis. Mentioning Asher, you know, the first thing he did was shoot the damn thing, um, 
and and so Asher is just trying to think of it from a scientific point of view. And then she talks about Ikora. She's trying. She doesn't really know what's happening, and she's listening, but she's not really listening. And then, like to drift for Drifter to turn around and, and say, experience is a hell of a thing. So I think you're right in thinking that that planet was some form of stasis, because that would have been something that he would have had as experience, and for for him to have that level of knowledge i i think you're right man and then the other the other thing too is the tree of silver wings i know that was the big thing that was happening in season of arrivals and uh um and and i may be getting this wrong but this is what i remember it was growing because the pyramid ship was parked over the last place that the traveler touched correct um the tree of silver wings could have an episode in and of itself i it was it was not my understanding was it wasn't growing because the pyramid ship was there it was uh growing because osiris planted the seed of silver wings at the the last place the light touched on io gotcha um and the pyramid the the witness was funneling messages through the pyramid into the tree as kind of a giant antenna and then Eris right. was 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 receiving those messages and then trying to translate and that's why she went to the drifter because she needed a better understanding of the darkness to be able to interface with the tree and accurately translate what was being said that's right that's right cuz i remember it kept giving like one word messages but they weren't they weren't even in words they were it was like it was it was like a it was like a uh uh the puka with uh, Elsie, where like she reached out her hand and Anna's hand grabbed back, and I'm here for you. So it's it it was like, oh my god, that absolutely was the darkness, like showing her visions of stuff. Oh my god, I don't know why I just now thought of it that way, but that's exactly what was happening. Because mm-hmm. then like each week she you went to Eris to try to get an interpretation of this thing of like what the hell's happening, what is this yep. thing doing? But but the whole reason why I thought of the tree of Silverwing. In there, a tree of silver wings in the derelict. Uh, no, not a tree of silver wings. Okay. Uh, there is quite a bit of egregore. I knew, uh, I knew there was egregore. There's that shit's all over his ship. Yeah, he. But like, he I, I thought that behind a, him, it's like it's, when you see him in drift in in gambit, like right behind him, there's a something that looks like tree of silver, and maybe it just looks like it. It, it is a egregore that has actually flowered. Like it is a giant red oh. flower from the egregore if i recall correctly oh shit but okay. yeah not not a tree um but still interesting and we're actually we'll talk a little bit about the egregore on his ship as we as we get through but Sweet. me jumping ahead as usual yeah it's all right sneak peek <laughs> um <clears throat> but so we we see this is the moment where eris is reluctantly like acknowledging i need the help of somebody else that has has hands-on experience with darkness and coming from from academia what it reminds me of when she's talking about Ikora is Ikora is the academic researcher is the one that does you know can to to give an example is the one that could tell you the theory of uh you know 
you're going to, if, if you shoot a gun, you're going to get this much kinetic force back and it's going to give you this much kick and it's going to be at this angle and like can tell you exactly perfectly what is going to happen when that trigger gets pulled, you know, down to a molecular level. And Eris is the one that understands that at, at maybe not as de- as in depth, but Eris is the applied researcher. She's the one that Yes, you can explain all of this, but until you actually go out on the range and fire the thing, you don't actually understand what it is you're researching. I like that explanation. I really, really like that explanation of the two of them. Like one being one being like a professor and then the other one being the field uh the, the applied science. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I like I like this. I like this. Yeah. So with this this knowledge in hand now that she's gotten from the drifter, Eris, you know, produces her translations throughout season of the season of arrivals, uh, and Beyond Light comes upon us, uh, and as as we talked about before, we have what has been referred to in the community as the Dark Vanguard form, and that yeah. is Elsie uh, Bray, the Exo Stranger, Eris Morn, and the Drifter all kind of partner up and become the the champions of these stasis abilities on Europa that we we interface with uh throughout the campaign although not as as much as I would like honestly it's i i it's funny that you you say vanguard but it, they're all three hunters aren't they <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> they're just making up for the fact that the normal vanguard doesn't have one <laughs> I, oh Oh, <laughs> that was a deep cut. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Uh, we just got real here tonight. Okay, continue. Yeah, so throughout their time together as this this fire team and exploring stasis and helping guide the Guardian uh, using their stasis and trying to unravel what's going on with, with Aramis um, and the, the pyramids at the time, uh, Eris writes a series of letters to various other people um, about her thoughts on stasis and what they're doing there and her reservations, as well as um, some of the things she feels like are very important or are maybe hard pills to swallow but need to be said kind of thing. And she writes a letter to the drifter as one of those people. So this is coming out of the lore book called Regarding Stasis and is just titled To the Drifter, and her letter reads as such. Drifter. While your presence is often irritating and your odor repellent, you have proved yourself quite knowledgeable regarding our foes. As darkness appeared, you did not flinch. Your assistance during its arrival was greatly appreciated. Under normal circumstances, I would belittle you and tell you how one such as yourself is unworthy of the position you find yourself in. But nothing is normal during these times, and I accept any ally willing to see past the antiquated philosophy we have sustained ourselves on for so long. You too acknowledge the need for balance during this time of extremes. Need I remind you, our actions must reflect this. Your unpredictable nature has no place here. We must remain steady in our convictions, no matter what the Vanguard or the Guardians say. Keep your ears open. 
Should forces gather against us, it is paramount that we outmaneuver any counter to our plans. We are both accustomed to working alone. For this effort to be successful, we must cast aside selfish intentions and find common ground. Alone, we will collapse under the weight of its undertaking, and the darkness knows how to exploit weakness. I know you feel it as well. The power stasis brings. Does it frighten you? Even though I believe my grasp stronger than yours, I do not have any illusions regarding the darkness. It will tear through your lack of conviction faster than you can abandon the cause. I am curious, however, as to your feelings about the stranger. You appear as a creature of instinct, and mine remains sharp. I am nagged by the sensation that she is not entirely forthcoming, and much of her information is shrouded in speculative riddles. I believe her intentions are true, but I cannot separate myself from the uncertainty I feel. Where does your confidence lie? I suspect you do not trust anyone, myself included. Perhaps that is a trait worth adopting. We will be tested in ways we are not prepared for. I hope you see the gravity of our charge, despite your constant mockery and cynicism. This is no time for humor, though you may not have the capacity to process your emotions without it. It is wise to keep your comments to yourself. Invest in a journal for reflection when times are lighter. And lastly, I ask that you refrain from referring to me as moon dust. Perhaps I can then overcome citing you as rat. And that is the end of Eris's letter. I just, I really like the last part. <laughs> Please stop calling me Moondust and I'll stop calling you Rat, maybe. I'll think about it, you, you, you douche. No, that's a, yeah. Um, she definitely sees, like, the importance that he brings to the to the fight. Like, at the... The, the the obviously the knowledge from before and and then throughout the entire campaign of Beyond Light where he's he's act now now he's starting to show that let that level of what we call applied physics right like yeah. he's <laughs> he's in the field he's doing the things he's showing that this is this is a this is a doable thing that nothing's bad gonna like you're not gonna turn into the the witness and and lose your mind by using stasis and so it, I I like I like that she's acknowledging that there. And and then the other part of it too is like, you know, showing that that they are reserved about Elsie, and and I think I think everyone is a little bit like, obviously like that was the first mystery of Destiny, right? Like way back in Destiny One, she was the first mystery. This 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 little blip on a on a on the in the back of of the of the of the scene um on the moon when you first go to the tomb uh, or the 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 crypt entrance to the to the hive and then she, like after you after you defeat that little encounter there she's on the she's on the hillside behind you and then you know you interact with her a little bit she hands you a gun she disappears like she was the big mystery for the longest time and then for for that to happen to be on light she still didn't she still kind of is a mystery like what other timelines has she, we know she's seen darkness win we know she's seen things like anna succumb to the darkness but we still don't really know everything about her like we there's still so much mystery around her and for for Eris to acknowledge that um both for herself and for the drifter like 
yeah, be cautious about her, but you know, accept her help in 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 what little ways we can. Mm-hmm. And then the last part there too, the um, you know, he he mentioning that like the there's a very there's a very heavy uh I don't know there's there's very heavy presence about the soul system right now with darkness coming with us possibly losing light again like that's that's as as much as this is a video game that's like a very serious thing in game like losing the light in game would be devastating to everyone we already saw that once when when gall hit the system and for for her to to tell him hey i i get that you like jokes and you like humor but maybe tone it down a bit and it's it it's she, even she sees his humor as like his own personal coping mechanism, like just to kind of like laugh it off and be like, yeah, whatever, man, it's cool, brah. Like it, it's, it, to me, it gives a little bit of humanism to the drifter. Like as, as much as he's this like mysterious thing, like he still has things like, he, hell, he probably still has things like depression or, or, or sadness and stuff like that. And for him to use uh, humor as a coping mechanism is is it it's it's so human that it's it's it it almost seems odd yeah it, it's i think the drifter as we see him now is a culmination of things he has pulled together from other people he has met through his very long life that he is wearing as armor uh we see like like as personal mementos like like almost like not, what he not just is, his is mementos from them? um not well yeah what, what he's taken from them but not just physical things not you know we right the obvious example being the the twin snake symbol for, right, for right. and whatnot but even the way he talks you know when we were talking about him when he was first resurrected back in the 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 dark age he didn't use the whole brother how you doing or, or sister how you living that was oh, a, a line right. he specifically remembered and took from uh, the, I forget his name now. J- Judson, I think. Judson, yeah, from yeah. Eaton. Because he was his friend. And he didn't start saying those phrases until after those events happened. Like that. Holy cow. That's the big thing about the Drifter is that, you know, the, is, is that line. He remembers. He remembers, he remembers. everything. And he uses it to to build another piece of armor to, to to separate him from the rest of the world. Oh my God! What a lonely ex- like. In in the one hand, like what a lonely experience. But then on the other hand, like what what a touching like human like thing. Like I don't. He's a walking memorial to all the people he's lost. He is. Oh, that's so good. Oh. Now I just want to go play Gambit. <laughs> that's that's a nobody wants to go play Gambit. You play Gambit because you need your pinnacles, and then you're like, "All right, I'm good." Yeah, but uh, so yeah, th- this letter is uh, the the one last thing I want to hint at is uh, or or touch on is the thing that even now Eris is saying like, "Look, I I know we don't like each other. I don't like you. You don't like me. Whatever." But she's also trusting him enough to want his opinion on Elsie. You know, yeah, she's like, I have my reservations, but I want to hear what you think. Like, she values 
what he thinks enough to to inquire. Yep. But so we're now going to move into uh, a couple of lore pieces that are f- uh, also from Beyond Light. Uh, these specifically come to us from uh, the Calamity Rig armor set. Uh, not the whole armor set, just three pieces make up kind of this little uh, little telling from the Drifter. Um, it's essentially a message from him to us, the Guardian, uh, about kind of where he stands at this point in the game and what his thoughts are on what's going down uh, and some advice even. So we're going to start with the Calamity Rig helmet and uh, i believe that all of the class uh armor sets have the same lore cards in this instance so it doesn't matter which helm you look at um but that lore card goes like this hey sister or brother hell i don't know who's gonna end up listening to this could be a snitch an idiot or somebody who ain't even picked a side yet and that's perfect because all this talk about choosing sides Noise. Before this is over, the only one's gonna have your back is you. And that's even odds. Use your head. Think clear, alright? Because there are whispers going around and you need to know when to plug your ears. Things have been different since Sloan went dark. Oh, poor Warden? That's wrong. Too soon? Let me tell you that we killed some time on New Arcadia. Learned some things. Listened to the wrong whispers. Be careful who you trust from here on out, all right? Yeah, that includes me, but I've been telling you that since the beginning. That's the end of that lore card. Like, the first part's obviously, like, kind of giving a little throwback to that quest, you know, snitch and idiot, yeah. or someone who hasn't picked it. <laughs> so, so it's what he's implying there is, like, if you pick the drifter, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, nobody got the right answers in here. <laughs> well, he's already said, don't trust me. Don't trust me. That's what I've been telling you the whole time. Like, you do you, boo. Uh, but yeah, like, obviously, talking about the whispers, like, it's like you got to know when to kind of go with the flow or, or to plug them out. But the interesting thing here, like, um, so Sloan the things have been different since Sloan went dark. That's, that's literally like Sloan, the person, right? From Titan. Yeah. Sloan capital S in the yeah. card, which for those of you that don't know, uh, Titan, the moon Titan used to be a place that we could go to and do some stuff, but the darkness took it away and Sloan was the venter there. And mm-hmm. so she's gone now, or at least we think she, she, was she, is she one of the ones that evacuated or the only one or... that evacuated was Anna Bray. Everyone else oh, stayed shit. on their planet. Uh, Sloan stayed there to fight to the last stand, essentially. Yeah, being the titan that she is. I am the bulwark. I am the shield. God, I might be a secret closet titan. <laughs> Damn it. Um, New Arcadia. So New Arcadia was that was the the um, the arcology, right? That was on Titan. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just mentioning the place there, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he seems to be saying that, like, he and Sloan, like, he he yeah. had run some ops with her at one point. Like, just really reinforcing the fact Drifter has been everywhere and done everything. 
Well, the interesting thing here that that and this is just me kind of speculating a little bit. Learn some things. Listen to the wrong whispers. The big thing that was on Titan that has that still has an effect today was the um, Sabathun song mm-hmm. uh, strike. The whole thing that we learned from that is that Sabathun, or or not Sabathun herself, but the the uh, wizards were pulling void light out of guardians and encasing it in crystal, finding some way to pull light and trap it. Kind of letting us know that Savathun's been trying to do something with the light since the beginning of D2. Like, this isn't a this isn't like an overnight thing that Savathun was like, oh hey, light, good, darkness, bad, let's do that. No, this is a this has been a long term like test of what 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 does this do if I do it? Like Sabathun is very 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 smart, and she she does her research. She does a lot of of planning and thinking and and stuff. And yeah, it's I I yeah, it just blows my mind to think that stuff like that was important then, and it still kind of like gives us an idea of what's happening now. Yeah, but um, so Drifter is is just kind of reinforcing his idea of like. Look, no one has the answers. You got to learn who who you should trust and who you shouldn't. And uh, at the end of the day, the only one that has your back is you. Just really like that's that's kind of his his philosophy uh, at this point in the game. Definitely is that whole, you know, only one that has your best interest at heart is yourself. Absolutely. Uh, so the next lore card off this set is the Calamity Rig Gloves, the gauntlets. And those ones go like this. You probably heard I'm taking a little trip. Maybe already took one. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. Let me say, the only thing that'd get me into the true cold again would have to be big enough to change it all. When you look down and see it's already in your hands, it's hard to walk away from. Especially when it was almost yours to begin with. So yeah, maybe I've got itchy fingers but I'm the kind of fella who'd pick something up so nobody else gets it. It's a zero-sum game. I take what I can. Only thing is, I'm not taking it alone. And you know me. I like to keep some folk close. Real close. I feel somebody's hand on my throat, and I figure they're about to kill me or kiss me. And personally, I like to keep my options open. And that's the end of that card. Yeah. I... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe a little por que no los dos uh yeah um especially in the in like if, if i were to think of this from the point of view of eris like she probably would a little por que no los dos on that one um yeah she probably would kill him and then kiss him or or kiss him and kill him i don't know uh and it's the the one interesting thing here is uh uh the only thing that get me into the true cold again it would have to be big enough to change it all basically like when i think of true cold i think of like the vacuum of space like the only thing to get me out of this tower right now would have to be something that's worth going after like something that really had like because i'm curious as to how much the drifter sees the last city as like a safe haven or is like a you know protected space or something somewhere that he feels that he can just kind of chill and be versus you know his time that he spent on Europa or any time he's ever left the 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 city for any reason it it, it definitely seems to be like a a very 
I don't know. I, I don't want to say challenging for him because it, 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 it really isn't, but it, he definitely seems to want to stay in the, in the tower somewhere near the city as like a protected space. I think the only reason he's staying in the tower is because it's convenient. Uh, uh, in, that could be it too. In the, uh, the survival guide quest dialogue, uh, he, I don't know if we actually read this one, um, but he specifically says that like, he does not trust the Vanguard. He does not, you know, he doesn't see the fact that he's in the tower as anything other than them just wanting him close to keep an eye on him. And he's just going along for the ride right now because it gives him supplies. Like he oh, has yeah. no connection whatsoever to the city. Uh, he's ready to peel out the moment shit starts going sideways. I mean, he, he says that, but like, in the back of my head, it's that little like self-preservation thing. Like, yeah, I'm just getting supplies. I'm just being here. You know, I'll, I'm going to do me. But then like secretly, he's like, man, this place is really fucking nice. This is, I mean, they Maybe. got some really nice vending machines and shit. I mean, the vending machines are so nice. The Elixir don't even know how to use them. They, that's, <laughs> yeah, I think this is a really, really nice place. I'm going to chill here for a bit. That's, that's what I think of him in being in the tower. Cause like he could have left at any time. I, I think he's just, he's, he he's put on a little bit. Right, I, I'll give you that one. I, nothing's really like the only thing that really came was the the darkness that was that was put over the night that was put over the the city from the Vex, and even then he just kind of wrote it out. It was like, eh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I read this line a little differently. So him saying okay. the only thing that get me into the true cold again would have to be big enough to change it all. I see the true cold as the ice planet. The only oh, thing sure. that would get him sure. near stasis again, would have to be something that would make that big of a difference. Because when he says, when you look down and it's already in your hands, it's hard to walk away. And then especially when it was almost yours to begin with. So like, I think he, I think that just kind of reinforces the theory that he tapped into stasis in some form, just not the form we know it as. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe not with not the level of control that we have, right? Like that's, right. It, it was a very raw stasis. It's, it, it's like, it's like the first risen, right? Like they, they didn't instantly just pop up, you know, the first risen just didn't pop up and go, Oh, cool. Golden gun. Boom. Go. Yeah. It like, there was a lot of different things of like experimenting with the light and how does it, how does, what are the most effective way of using it and whatever. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I, I think he did. I think he. I think he did. He he's seen some stuff and he did some <laughs> things and he wouldn't recommend it. So we're gonna finish out this uh, particular little armor set um, group of of lore cards with the calamity rig class item, um, which Drifter leaves us with uh, another little message, and it goes like this: I don't know who you are. Don't know what school you follow, which side you're on. Could be heads, could be tails, could be the edge. Could be that you shoot before the coin lands. Just know, I'll be the one picking it up. You ever hear the story of the fella who painted bullseyes around his bullet holes? Old Drifter's plan has come together. Maybe not as clean as I wanted, maybe without the right folk nearby, but it's happening. That's why I left this message for you, in a place you wouldn't look if you didn't give a damn. Things are changing. Hell, things have already changed. But Drifter, still a safe bet. And I've still got plenty of time. Just not as much as I did before. And that's the end of that lore card. 
Yeah, he's very much like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a drifter, a drifter, drifter being drifter, doing drifter stuff. He's yeah. He does it. It does make me interesting. It does make me think there that that one line like, old drifter's plan is still is is coming together. Maybe not as clean as I wanted, or maybe without the the right folk nearby, but it's happening. Like, what the hell is that? Like, we still don't know what that plan is. Mm-mm. That's still that's still a super enigmatic thing. Yeah, that that's just a, a floating like drifter has things that he is getting ready to do. We just don't know what. Uh, or I, when. I do love that he even tells us to read your lore cards. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so for everyone listening to this right now, listen to the drifter kids. Read your lore cards. Mm. So the. Uh... The next bit of lore here is actually going to jump ahead to more recent season. Um, actually, last season. Um, so the the lore that I'm going to read here isn't something that you can find on Ishtar at the moment, or at least I couldn't. Uh, this is something that uh, was a radio message in game. Um, every week when you finished the seasonal thing. Uh, you know, you'd have your dialogue around that. And then there'd be the little kiosk off to the side that had a, a, a different dialogue between, uh, either like one character leaving a message or, or a conversation between two. Um, Oh, yeah. right. Like, uh, like, um, the one where it was, uh, um, oh God, what is her name? Amanda in Zavala's office. That, uh, that little kiosk that, thing, right? The Amanda in Zavala's office was part of the lore entry the lore book from that season um the conversation between amanda and crow that destroyed everyone's like emotional well-being <laughs> is what was you could listen to at this God, little audio kiosk <laughs> it absolutely destroyed everyone's emotional well-being and just just take him back amanda he's a changed man <laughs> <laughs> but so the very last radio message um which i believe was week seven was the the first week you could listen to it uh and i i believe all of these are actually still available in game if you haven't done season of the haunted and you have access to it if you've purchased that season you can still go through all of that season's content including these messages if if you're so inclined and on your secondary characters, if they didn't do any of the stuff, because my I know for a fact that my hunter still has the kiosk available to her that it, she can just go listen to it. Because I didn't, I didn't. Because once you listen to it once, you get the triumph, you get your book, and you're good. Like I, I could definitely go over there and start listening to messages uh, nice. from it on my hunter. So yeah, if you haven't done it on your second or your third tune, you can you can go find this message there. Just do the season of the hunt uh, or the season of the haunted uh, um, seasonal stuff. Yeah. So this is Season of the Haunted. Um, you know, Eris has been working with everyone to combat their their nightmares and work through their problems and whatnot. And this message comes after, you know, the season has, has completed as far as the story arc has gone. Everyone has been helped. Everyone has moved past their trauma or is starting to heal from their trauma. And Eris sends this message along those radio waves. It goes like this. I received your last message. Whatever reckless plan brings you to the reef need not be shared with the vanguard or the guardian. 
but keep me informed at the very least. Those haunted here have found a measure of peace, but it takes more resolve to overcome one's regrets. We both have felt it, how a moment of pain can weave into the whole of our lives, how it binds us to patterns of thought and action. I have stared into the eyes of my pain made manifest, pleaded with it, raged at it. What face would your nightmare wear? For so long, I believed peace was beyond my reach. No more. I have found it in guiding others down the same path that saved me. But I might allow myself to want more than peace. What, I am not certain. Is joy the word? Might I find that again? You told me to live my life. There is more truth in you than either of us would care to admit. I have something that will be of interest to you. The lunar pyramid remains rife with secrets. Meet with me, and we'll discuss what I have found. Take care, rat. And that's the end of the message. I like I like that one. Because that was one that, like, as you're listening to it, you couldn't quite tell who she was talking to until, like, the very end when she says rat. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the <laughs> the clear, like, oh, she's talking to Drifter. Um, I, I do think the beginning of that is um, Drifter's plans to smuggle uh, Spider out of the reef. That would like, make a lot I, of sense. Or, especially I, now. I, or... Right, because like he's he's literally the one that leads us to the the in the current season, uh, the pod at the very beginning of the the first uh, mission, um, that that has Spider inside. So yeah, and and we knew that he was gonna that Spider wanted to be smuggled out because of I think it was a ship or a speeder, uh, lore card. Uh, remember what it was on? Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it was he wanted to get out. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he was being hunted by Mara at that point. <laughs> Mar- Mara had come back and he was like, duh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like it, 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 it you know, Eris, it, it intrigues me how much Eris is, is starting to show care. And I, and I like that, too. Like, she didn't know if she could be happy again. Or, or or feel joy or any of that until she started guiding others and started being the one that like oh hey if this is hive related I need to go see Eris if this is darkness related I need, maybe I should go talk to Eris maybe she would know something and so for her to be able to help guide others down this path I, it it's it, I like seeing that out of her yeah absolutely um she's she has found peace with her past and and her you know trauma and and she. You know, and she tells him, like, we, we both know what it means to be defined by a single moment of pain. I think for Eris, it was the loss of her fire team. I think for Drifter, it was Eaton. I think that I think was a right. single moment of pain that defines him. Absolutely. Um, so we, and th- this is, this is the first time, I think, the first time that we see Eris now use the term rat almost as an endearment. Uh, yeah versus an um, insult um, almost affectionately like yeah. she definitely there's definitely one and i think it's this season where she's like watch yourself rat and and it's like 
borderline sexually. Like <laughs> it's it's very she's very deviant from the way she says it. <laughs> so I uh, also during season of the haunted, um, we have some additional interactions between Drifter and Eris. Hard to say if it's af- if it supposedly takes place after this message or before, but I think it could fit in either spot pretty well. Um, so we're gonna read those uh starting with the idolin pursuant uh chest piece and again this is one of those armor sets where um i'm fairly certain the lore is the same across all of the classes i th- i think you're right too because i while while you're doing the calamity rig ones i was checking some of the other ones and they were all the same across so yeah okay yeah so this is the idolin pursuant chest uh and it goes like this You've had this for years and never thought to mention it? Eris runs her fingers over the grime-clouded containment glass housing a large growth of egregore within the drifter's derelict. Wasn't hiding it, drifter rolls Eris's ahamkara bone over his knuckles. Ain't nobody ever asked. Hell, you've walked by it before, Moondust. What wonders you must have buried in this heap, Eris muses. The emerald shine of her eyes dart back and forth behind thin cloth. I could, Drifter saunters up beside her, give you the tour. We haven't the time. Tell me, what have you learned from this egregore sample? Drifter wrinkles his face and looks up to the massive contained growth. Uh, Eris massages annoyance from her brow. She sees the playful coyness in his eye, the hidden information he holds as a bargain for some trade. Do you at least remember where you found it? Sister, you don't want to know. Eris locks her eyes on the drifter's face. He staggers back awkwardly and shrugs. I see little nothing in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't have a name, and you don't want to go there alone. But you could take me. Eris tests his defenses. Drifter brushes off the mottled fur of his shoulder guards and leans against a poorly fastened railing. Only if we're taking your jump ship and I drive. Eris sighs and pushes past him. No. Drifter springs after her. So that's it? You're leaving? You're being evasive, rat. Eris plucks her ahamkara bone from his hand and stows it beneath her cloak. Contact me when you're willing to speak plainly. Drifter calls after her, hands outstretched. You don't want to stay for dinner? Eris halts, considering what disgusting amalgamation of refuse would constitute a meal here. She glances over her shoulder, one last attempt to extract information. It is strange. When Savathun drew Mars back into our space, it was free of the Egregore. But the Glycon and the Leviathan both returned rampant with fungal growth. Why? she asks. He gives in. You know, it sings if you burn it just right. Drifter thumbs behind him. Subsonic. Resonates in a funny way with pyramid tech. Is that so? What, you don't trust me? And that's the end of that card. 
I, I can't get over the interaction between these two. It's it's so good. There's so many little like funny bits between them that it's just it's hard not to laugh when you're reading these because you just you see this very you know sto you know staunch stoey-eyed heiress just you know darkness brooding and drifter <laughs> just like hey what's up man like just chill as chill can be but it's it's hilarious to see the interaction between the two of them oh, but it is. uh but yeah so and i'm i'm kind of amused he, or not not amused i'm kind of uh um let down that he didn't use his line <laughs> i know right <laughs> like this is, this is it this is your chance to just use the line it's oh. only worked once before so yeah this could be yeah uh yeah so yeah um Eris <laughs> massages the annoyance from her brow mm, this 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 stupid head he knows stuff <laughs> yeah uh, but the important thing to take away from this entire interaction, uh, other than that he's just chilling here with Egregor on his ship, um, is the last bits of it. The part that Eris brings up, it's strange. When Savathun drew Mars back into our space, it was free of the Egregor. It's like it had those like time shifts around it because of its its closeness to the darkness, and it was remembering those those points about it but she's right i i can't think of a single spot on mars that has any egregore on it no. even going through like the the mission the the one mission that you are there um but then the glycon and the leviathan both return rampant with it now granted we know that um callus was using egregore and the um scorn to try to get a closer connection to the witness to try to speak directly to the witness so to me, that kind of explains why it was there on those two ships. Uh, but then for Drifter to bring this last bit up, it sings when you burn it just right. Subsonic resonates in a funny way with pyramid tech. So it, it clearly has a, a, a very exact connection with the pyramids and darkness. Oh, yeah. I... But only if you smoke it. <laughs> uh, well, knowing Drifter, he probably... Has tried. That's, uh, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I also want to point out a couple of things here that are kind of interesting. Um, it, not in a like big lore way, but just very subtly informs as to their relationship at this point. Um, as far as like how comfortable they are with each other. Uh, like Eris is allowing Drifter to just kind of like twirl the Ahamkara bone between his was, between his knuckles that's got to be dangerous right you like think. <laughs> especially with drifter like that's got to be dangerous but drifter also mentions you know she's like why have you never mentioned the fact you've had this egregore for years and he says you know no one's ever asked hell you've walked by it before implying that eris has been on his ship at least once before yeah uh, which we saw a little bit when, you know, in the previous card, when she kind of like walked in, you know, airlock was open. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Door was open. I just came in. But, you know, she, she has, I assume he's talking about another instance beyond that one time. Um, so she's comfortable enough with him, allowing him to use the, the Ahamkara bone that 
she literally never lets go of and is the reason she survived the Hellmouth. Yeah. And he is implying that, like, she's been on the ship before and has walked past this thing. And, like, you know, he he is he is being very flirty with her. Like, he kind of saunters up alongside her saying, you know, what, are you leaving? You sure you don't want to stay for dinner? Like, Could, could give you the grand tour, baby. Yeah, you know. <laughs> come, come take a look at my ship, baby. <laughs> so they've definitely reached a level of comfortability with each other. Absolutely. Uh, that is beyond the, like, I hate you, you hate me, but we work together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we see a little bit of a continuation of this uh, in the Idle and Pursuant class item. Uh, So this is the same armor set, but the class item. And it goes like this. You want to go where? Drifter's jump ship idles roughly behind him, the engine misfiring and clattering loudly as if ready to explode. Eris's ship purrs next to it in contrast. There is a connection between the points of darkness, signals passing back and forth to something beyond. Eris steps closer so her voice carries over the engine noise. The other pyramids may provide more context. The drifter clicks his tongue and raises an eyebrow. Sounds my dangerous Big Daddy Callus parking right over the moon. Seems off-limits. Yes, but the Guardian leads raiding parties into Rulk's Pyramid and Savathun's throne world. We will use that as a distraction. And with that, Eris shoulders through him and trudges to her ship. Come, rat. Can we eat first? Gives a little time passes. Explosions thunder within the throne world's pyramid as Eris and Drifter establish a camp in the sunken bog where Miasma meets the pyramid's approach. The massive ship eclipses them, towering in fog the extent of its edges unknown to their eyes. Drifter's face is stern, clenched with a tension Eris has seldom seen, trust in one hand, fistful of stasis in the other. Eris sets a cloth-wrapped stalk of egregore upon a pyramid shard jutting from the stinking swamp. She unwraps and neatly spreads the corners of the cloth before noticing Drifter's footsteps behind her. Something's watching us, he mutters. He turns his altered ghost and whispers softly enough to convince himself that Eris cannot hear him. Keep your eye on her, eh? Then louder, I'm gonna look around, make sure that hotshot hero didn't miss any screebs. The drifter's altered ghost emits a single, elongated tone in acknowledgement and then focuses on Eris. Germain. He stops. Eris knows his concern belies a nobility that he often attempts to suppress in favor of the persona of the drifter. It is a ruddy shield, but she has seen the true him hidden under that layer of grime. May I have a light? You got it. He discharges a solar round from his trust that sparks on the pyramid floor and ignites the egregore stalk. Back in a flash. Eris watches him disappear into the swamp and then focuses on the pluming Egregor. Another ellipses for time passing. 
Eris sits, exhausted, on a warm cushion in the dirt. The drifter stands over a hazardly large fire, scooping some sweet-smelling funk of a stew from a cauldron-like vessel of hive design. Her face scrunches as he places a chunky bowl of thick grayish-brown pottage in her hands. What did you find? Drifter asks, slurping from his bowl. Eris tests the temperature and flavor of this food against her lips. It is something like the stinking brined cheeses Ikora had given her on her last visit to the city, but with earthy depth beneath. Her face curls and she opts instead for conversation. I was right. They are connected. But now I only have more questions. You ask me, that's how these things go. Better leave well enough alone and head home, Drifter says, slurping another mouthful. The egregore connects points of darkness, resonates with pyramid constructs, but I cannot decipher their communications. Still, the Lunar Pyramid, the Europan Pyramid, and both Glycon and Leviathan all converse with the same distant point. What Rulk spoke to, so does Callus. It is gravely concerning. Wild, Drifter says with a whistle. He shakes his head and looks at her full bowl. You gonna eat that? I... Eris wonders if he heard her correctly, but knows repeating herself is an exercise in futility. What is this, exactly? Pretty damn tasty is what it is. First time I got it right. Thought you'd appreciate someone cooking for you since you, uh... Well, you're awful at it. Rat, what are you trying to feed me? She remembers his hunt earlier in the day, and her stomach turns. Eris stares at Drifter, mouth agape and a half-heaved gag, her thoughts racing over the things he's claimed to have consumed. You cooked me rotted screebs. What? Drifter chokes on the stew and coughs. I wouldn't feed you that crap, Moondust, he laughs. You never had crawdad stew? He holds his bowl to his lips, or a close cousin to it, he utters under his breath. Little swamp shrimp, you dig? It's a delicacy. Eris reels in her imagination, takes a breath, and sips the broth without taking her eyes from Drifter. The liquid fills her crumpled stomach with hearty warmth. She feels her stress melt away. The stew's flavor is far more pleasant than its smell. She smiles and drinks again. Thank you. It is good. And that is the end of that lore card. That, la that last bit, the whole last bit there almost made me completely forget about the rest of the lore card <laughs> and just like, aww, aren't they cute? And, and she's very much convinced that he fed her a, <laughs> a rotted scream. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... But uh, yeah, a uh, couple of things here. Um, Drifter just loves to eat. Like, yeah, we can we eat first? Like, it, it, this is this is his theme throughout everything. It's his thing. Um, He's got to eat. He's always hungry. He always is. Um, so they go they go to the pyramid ship in the throne world, which is Rulks. Um, and while people are raiding it, people are you know guardians are running through it. Uh, they she goes off and correct me if I'm wrong, 
smokes some egregore. <laughs> kind of like they light it on fire and yeah, is is inhaling the fumes, if nothing else. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's smoking egregore. Okay. Uh and and uh it I the one the one line before I get to the rest of this, she calls him Jermaine. Yeah. Like and that like makes him stop dead. Like I think is that like his trigger or is I that like I think there's two things that are important about that. She didn't say rat. She A, she didn't say rat. B we have not seen in the lore anywhere. We have not seen him called by the name Jermaine since he was in Eaton. That's what I'm saying. That was risen time. Like that was a good twelve hundred what no, sixteen sixteen centuries of the collapse. That I mean that was a long ass time ago. And the fact that I like he was willing to share that with her and she like used that as like a instead of rat like it, 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 there's so much significance in that one word than, yeah. <laughs> than anything like it, there's so much just to that i mean she she said in the previous radio message like we both know what it's like to have a single uh, yep. you know, a, a single event the pain of a single event define us so we knew she knew some of the story i think he shared the whole thing with her I think like he tried to get close with with Oren before. He's he's actively getting close to her now, and I think that scares him. Oh, I yeah, I think so too. I think it scares the piss out of him because every time he's gotten close to somebody, something bad has happened. Oh my god, is something bad going to happen to Eris? Is this a foreshadowing? I mean, hopefully not. I hope not. If something bad happens to Eris, I'm going to be sad. I just want one. I just want one relationship story in this whole goddamn game to work out, please. <laughs> my, my goddamn, my, my goddamn drama, my drama show ain't, ain't working out for me. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh my god! The mm. only one so far that is kind of working out is Zavala and Keitel. Like it's the one I'm the least invested in, to be honest. Thanks, I guess. Like, is that our? Is that our? Like, here's your here's your supplementary prize, or here's your your what do what do they call it the consolation uh, <laughs> consolation prize like hey you get you get Zavala and Keitel. good job like no I Drifter and 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 Eris and and Crow and Amanda please for the love of God <laughs> show some love in this universe Bungie it doesn't have to be all death and darkness and the end times are coming like final shape and all this stuff no just let us have a damn moment. <laughs> Well, say the I I think I think we're still on track. We're still on track for that. Um so yeah, this this show like we said, it is very significant that she knows that name, that she yes. knows Jermaine. Um and uh that he's okay. Like it, it makes him stop, but he he doesn't get upset or get cagey right. about her using it. Um and in fact like he had directed his ghost trying to make it so she wouldn't hear, but he had directed his ghost. Like you look out for her. Watch her. Yeah. Uh, like he, he has, he definitely has noble intentions at least around Eris. I think so. I love that. But then she, she finds something out while doing this. 
that all of these things are connected. The the European pyramid, the lunar period, the glycon, the Leviathan, I would assume the Rook's pyramid, the fact that they're doing it this close to Rook's pyramid could be like uh I, I think of it as like uh um and to use a, a an odd reference, uh Stargate uh SG one, when they had two uh, they realized that there were two stargates on Earth and that they were close enough to each other that if you dialed either one of them, it could take you to either one of them because they had the same address. And so I assume that her being this close to the uh, to Rulk's pyramid is is what's helping give a a a defining point in in the in the universe as like a starting point of like I'm trying to commune from point A to point B point a being one of these multiple spots but that they're all talking to the same distant point yep the same thing that rulk talks to the same thing that callus talks to and all of that like i mean i feel like we know this now they're talking to the witness mm-hmm. they're actively talking to the witness this is them like 1-800 witness hey what's going on brother like how you doing uh-huh. Come have a seat. Is Oryx there? Can I talk to Oryx? <laughs> no, he's a, okay. Cool, man. I thought he was staying at your crib for a while. No, that's exactly what's happening here. Is that all of this stuff is talking directly to? Now, it doesn't say that she gets an answer back. So I'm curious no. if this is a one-way communication, or if like the witness is literally like checking his caller ID and he's like, "God damn it, Rook, are you calling again?" <laughs> like. Just fucking send a text. That's what the witness is doing on the other end of the phone. I don't even know that the heiress was attempting to send anything. I think it was right. just a, this allowed her to be in tune enough with uh, for her to to know that those connections were there. Um, I don't necessarily think it was, she was trying to send anything along that line. I think it's just that she now um, maybe... Maybe this is a strand thing again. Maybe this is where she Ooh. first started to understand that like strand connects things. Oh, I like that idea. Because if there's anything that Bungie does, they and we've seen this throughout reading this stuff, they give kind of like pre previews for stuff in like little bits and pieces. And if you can find all those bits and pieces, you can see the events coming. Well, like it would make sense as well for her to make the leap of egregore is you know darkness related using egregore allows me to see these other connections that exist in this darkness space and then to make that leap into i can use that knowledge to access callus via egregore and that gives us the duality dungeon yep yep man Eris is uh Eris is on point here. Oh, absolutely. All because the drifter decided to go to some random ice rock and get trapped <laughs> right? there. So that brings us to the most current season, which has been very um drifter focused. And I'm not we're not gonna go over all the dialogue Drifter has given thus far in the season. Um, and I'm sure he will give plenty more after this episode airs. Uh but there are two things that I want to focus on that, again, really reinforce the Drifter and Eris kind of relationship, friendship, whatever they're going to try and spin it as, like the, the bond between these two. Um, the first, again, is another radio message. 
this one, I believe, was week three of this season, uh, season of plunder. Uh, and it was a radio message from uh, Drifter this time to Eris. And it went like this. I kept this part quiet. I think half of those pirate lords didn't know what they had to begin with. They knew these things were powerful, but not why. Crack one open, you'd find a finger bone or a knot of old hair. Strong stuff. Smells awful. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I've been holding on to them, but I figured you might want them. Eris. Hmm. Why? I thought to myself, you know who might like something strange and unsettling? Eris Morn. A gift, then. Well, yeah, Moondust. You could call it a gift. The sentiment is appreciated, but no. You know what you possess. These relics are not curiosities to be hoarded. They might serve a greater purpose. And what's that? Am I your conscience? Discover this for yourself. They are reliquaries, objects of great power. The darkness moves just beneath its skin. Do you feel it? It ruptures, flows, envelops. Whoo, I like listening to you talk. And I enjoy your silence. That's the end of that message. The one, the one part of that that gets me well, I guess the two parts. One, the fingers and bones and shit. Like, oh, that's yes. fucking weird. Um, <laughs> that's that's just fucking weird. Uh, the other part is the 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 idea of like when she when she moves her hand over it, she feels the darkness underneath moving and 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 think. It makes me think of the lore card uh, from the 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 guy that sh- he was transporting the stuff back. Uh, uh, in his in his sparrow, and he crashes, and it and he realizes he's got a broken bone, a broken arm, and whatnot, and the stuff is like leaking out of the thing to come and like put his arms and stuff back together, but with darkness infusion, and he pulls his gun out. And his last known thought is shoot the shoot the nuclear reactor of the of the sparrow to blow everything to smithereens. So like th- this stuff. Is and it's and we when you defeat Rulk, he explodes in this stuff. Like there's this almost like a nervous system looking stuff, darkness stuff that just explodes out of him and explodes from his inside. Because like when you go up and look at Rulk after you've defeated him, it's a it's an outward explosion from within, and he almost looks like a like a blown out statue, um, or like a piece of clay that's blown up from the inside out. And so like this stuff is is I mean, what do we think of this stuff? What is the, what is this darkness stuff? Is it just, is it alive? Is it, does it have a conscious? Is it just goo? Like what, what the hell? Okay. So this is going to be a tangent because there's no way to explain the theory that uh, I have. And actually one of our listeners has of a very, uh, very similar theory um, that they talked about on our Twitter page. Uh, about what these relics may be. Oh. So, uh, yeah, this isn't exactly drifter related, but I don't know where else this would fit. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to talk about it here. So, you know, bonus. Um, 
bonus episode begin exactly so no uh we have a uh twitter follower by the name of uh matt who uh said okay just had a thought like the dark relics we're collecting possibly remnants of an old dead disciple i he theorized maybe nezarek oh now i've heard that theory before and i i kind of am following it myself I uh, because there's a lot of things that line up with that idea. So we know in these relics are pieces of organic matter, finger bones, hair, you know, stuff that came from something or someone at one point that supposedly is like suspended in darkness. And these pieces I'm assuming is what Rifter's drifter is referring to. when he says they are strong, relics and i don't think he just means the smell i think he means they are powerful even just as this little bit of a of a body i pray to god he hasn't tried to eat any of it (laughs) let's hope not um now the information we can theorize about nezarak is that nezarak was a disciple at one point that Nezarek, and we think this because because there's a glaive named after him. Because the, and glaive, the glaive was specifically found, yep, near his ship, uh, in the lunar pyramid. Yep, uh, was found in the lunar pyramid by Eris. Um, Nezarek, we we theorize Nezarek was a disciple from the glaive because glaives have to come from Rulk, and it was found yep. in a pyramid. Yep. Uh, Nezarek's helmet, the lore card on that, I don't have it in front of me, but. Um, more or less is coming from a religious text praising Nezarek as a a deity that follows neither the light nor dark, but uh, will arrive at the end of both of them. And that religious text is written before the Golden Age. Yep. So, an idea. Nezarek abandoned the witness. Be- betrayed the witness, abandoned his his post as a disciple. We think we think that 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 betrayal or whatever happened before the golden age. Correct. I think that betrayal happened before the golden age. I think that betrayal happened possibly before the hive were even created. Um, oh my god! Because okay. Nazarek had to had to be on Earth before the golden age. Correct. In order for this cult to form around yep. them and you know write religious text about them, and cults don't happen overnight. No, uh, so do. I don't know. Yeah, he he Nezarak he or she I suppose we don't know uh, was on Earth at some point pre Golden Age, and then I'm thinking i don't know that nezarek ever had any run-in with the traveler i think they left earth before the traveler arrived and perhaps they were running from the witness trying to track them down uh perhaps they were trying to go defend the traveler and the elixni when the elixni were under siege from the the uh during the whirlwind but regardless Somehow, some way, I think Nazarak came to to blows with the witness or an agent of the dark. Uh, 
and was identified as being too powerful to outright kill. And it even says something to that effect in the in the helmet lore card, if I recall correctly, something along the lines of like, you know, they they are beyond death or or above death or something like that. Uh, and so instead of because they can't just stab them and kill them, they chop them up into pieces and spread those pieces throughout the the universe, galaxy, whatever. And later on, the Elixni during the the long uh, what is it called the long stretch or the the long drift, long drift, right? Uh, you know, we don't know exactly how far or how long they were drifting. Certainly possible in my eyes that they could have come across some of these pieces if Nezarek was as strong a entity as it sounds it would make a lot of sense. These pieces would have a lot of energy in them that, you know, the, the Elixni being as technologically savvy as they are could have funneled that energy into weapons or, or whatever it may be. And that's why they saw them as powerful. And we we knew during that time, the Elixni were looking for a replacement for the light and to find these things that were possibly resonating with something that looked on a technological or a, a technical uh, standpoint that looked very similar, had a same similar resonance as the light, just in the opposite uh, amplitude type thing. Like that's, that could, that could very well have been a reason for, to collect them. Yeah. And, you know, then the, the crews were warring and, you know, a lot of ships didn't survive the long drift and some of these relics were, were lost again. Uh, or, you know, they, they had them as they entered the solar system and then they came to blows with humanity and the, the risen and, you know, those, maybe the crews were wiped out or, you know, who knows for, for whatever reason, those relics were, were lost seemingly around the solar system since we're finding them. Uh, and the one other piece that kind of, it, I think fits into this puzzle the delicate tomb exotic weapon from this season. The lore card on that, again, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't say verbatim, but the lore card on that doesn't identify who's speaking, who the narrator is, but that narrator is saying something along the lines of, you know, I cannot be killed, only dispersed, and I am once again becoming. You know, to me saying like, again, something that couldn't die. So it was spread out to the far reaches and it is now feeling itself start to come back together. So I have, I have, I have two, two thoughts on this. My first thought was that these reliquies, these relics that with goo and bits in them, um, was like an Egyptian style, like separate, like, like a praising thing, like, the the Egyptians when they buried uh, their kings their their higher uh, uh, more respected people um, they they pulled their organs out and put them in jars uh, so that way they could have them with them in the afterlife uh, I, I at first I saw this as that but now now listening to the way that you're describing it I'm curious if he separated himself oh maybe with... as a means of hiding. Yeah. yeah. 
because the 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 darkness goo in them puts things back to get like rebuilds it and stuff and if he is a if he knows that much if he was a disciple of the of the witness himself he would know that this darkness stuff can be used to rebuild himself we saw rook do that in the chasm use this darkness stuff to to literally put his body back together and crawl out of that chasm back on luna brea like I I think Nezarak is in full control here. Maybe so. And only because of the lore reading of the tomb of of the of the the exotic, I am becoming. I have been dis- I can only be dispersed and I am becoming. He conscious whatever it is consciously knows that it can be put back together. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm starting to think of it as a terms of like he hit himself so that way when the final shape does come he can be he can be used as a weapon against it. Like cuz cuz the way that uh Eris found the the Nezarax glaive it was just kind of like discarded like 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 he just threw down his glaive and was like I can't be part of this anymore. So I mean that's just Man, to to think that he has been around that long and has dispersed himself. I mean, we even we even uh, Drifter jokes about it. You know, Nezarak's fourth tomb. Like that, he he had a little a little dialogue there about it. You know, maybe that was another spot that a relic was hidden at, or part of Nezarak was hidden at, and he he just hid himself there on purpose to be hiding from the witness, to be to come together later on, and and to fight against the witness. That's that's what my thought is. And the fact that Drifter even knows that Nezarak has a fourth tomb, like that there are numbered tombs, that's tells me saying. that Drifter knows more than he's letting on in in that regard yeah, he too. Does. And and Eris even in in this message, you know, to try and loop it back to Drifter here says like you you know what you have. Yeah. Uh, and maybe she just means you know what you have is powerful and you have to decide what to do with it. Or maybe she's implying, like, you know what's in there. You already know that it's who it is in there that's trying to put himself back together. Yeah. So, uh, very, very, like, very last tangent. And then we'll get to our last lore reading of the night. Um, in this week's story mission, spoilers for anyone that hasn't done this, this week's story mission, um, skip ahead, like, a couple minutes uh this week's story mission is we have this mystery of like we arrive at the the pirate hideout and all of the fallen except the pirate lord are already taken care of are dead it and it's tens of them uh you know which to us is like whatever but to that's, most that's other like a strike <laughs> right to most other characters in the game like single-handedly taking out a fallen stronghold is not something just anybody can do yeah fallen are very crafty they're i mean they're cutthroats they're pirates they're they're not one to just pick a fight with and to, to lay down so for that many of them to be just dead that's a big deal so this brings about two questions of you know who or some possibilities i think so the big question is who did it because it wasn't us so who who wiped all these these fallen out i think either a cloud strider uh recognizing the significance of what is going on trying to prevent it themselves um or perhaps 
that cult of Nezarak from pre-Golden Age is still around. Maybe it exist. Maybe it continued to exist in Neptune. Maybe it continued to exist somewhere else. Perhaps that cult is still around, and they are trying to get these reliquaries because they want to reassemble their deity. Oh, I like that. I like that idea of like the cult is is like we need Nezarak to save us. That's the only thing, and they're the ones putting them back together. Oh man, because maybe like maybe the darkness stuff is actively keeping him separated, and so all they've got to do is just remove the darkness goo, and then he gets to be or or use the darkness goo somehow to put him back. Oh man, man, I really like where this is going. Maybe the cult of Nezarak and the Cloud Striders are the same thing. Boom! Mic drop. <laughs> Bomb drop. Boom! So now that we've had our like crazy spin foil hat theory time. Gonna, gonna okay. take the hat off for a second. Or we'll finish, reel, it, reel it back into the drifter. Finish our, our drifter episode. So the last bit of lore I'm gonna read is again from this season. Uh it comes from the book Between Stolen Stars. Uh this is from the third week, I believe, because it's the third chapter. Uh and it is just called Trust. And it goes like this. Eris Morn's workspace was organized, clean. A camp stove, a burned walk, a crate of rations to keep her fed until the next supply drop from Toluna. A metal work table with a neat arrangement of medical equipment, carefully kept. Half of a thrall's skull, a saw resting at its side. A collection of discarded chitin, a skein of hive leather. Drifter picked up a jar from a shelf. The container was filled with pickled hive eyeballs, the green dimmed by death. You live like this? Drifter asked, incredulous. Eris looked at him with a frown. What do you mean? Like what? Drifter gestured around the room. When she said nothing, he continued. You called the derelict a heap. She switched on one of the harsh halogen lamps hanging over her work table. The light cast everything in hard lines of shadow. It is. So what do you call this? He shook the jar of eyeballs. They rolled and thumped together in their glass container before settling into a teeming stare. Eris silently returned her gaze to the reliquary, an unassuming vessel, its contents obscured save for a strange interior glow. Undoubtedly, the house, the scribe of House Light, has examined these, Eris said. Why bring one to me? Ido ain't exactly a darkness expert. I see. She felt the grooves and patterns under her fingertips as she turned the reliquary in her hands. She felt the shift and shudder of the darkness as it responded to her touch, to her silent inquiry. She ran the pad of her thumb over the seal's edges. When Drifter had first offered the relics to her, Eris had called them a gift. Now that she had one in her hands, she did not think she should unwrap it. She looked back at him. What is your motivation for helping the Guardian? I do not assume altruism. Drifter gave her a look of mock offense. Hey, why not? Hmm. I did assume deflection. Speak plainly. Drifter fell silent for a moment. His face was pensive, 
When he finally spoke, his words were carefully chosen. The Elixni need a win, he said, looking away from her. After all that, the Vex, salvation, everything, House Light needs a win. And defeating Aramis will be a win? Yeah, hope it sticks this time. Drifter leaned back on his heels and grinned. Plus, always nice to be owed a favor. Don't know if Spider will make good on his, but I bet Captain Kell would. Again, deflection. She placed the reliquary down on her work table. Drifter didn't move to pick it up. You sure you don't want to keep him? His tone was genuine. Eris considered this. Not the offer, but the sentiment behind his words. The implicit, unspoken faith. You trust me. He shrugged. Who wouldn't? There was a smile, slight, careful, at the corner of her mouth. Something close to delight. Then stay, be silent, and listen. I have thoughts on their utility. And Drifter did, as she asked. And that's the end of that lore card. And the jade necklace stayed on. <laughs> I'm just saying, the two of them got, they, they've got, God, just let me have this one, Budgie. <laughs> just, just don't, A, don't kill Eris. For the love of God, do not kill Eris. And B, just let me have one. Let me have one love in this universe. It doesn't have to be all death and destruction. <laughs> People can learn to love. It's okay to love, Bungie. Man. Uh... Yeah. I, 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 man. Man. They, house, okay, so out of all of this, House Light does need a win. They've kind of been shafted. Yeah. Pretty hard. Like, and and if if we can get any insight of what this is, uh, especially to Ido, like I know Ido is is like, I I love her to pieces, but she's she's still very young and she's still very unsure, uh, of like which way to jump next. But she she does she, she has that researcher spirit in her, right? Like she she she's gonna find the truth in everything, no matter who tries to stop her. And so for Drifter to bring Eris this 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 relic and be like, hey, give me some insight so I can slip this kid some some positive something, you know, like or or even if you just go directly to them and, and give them something positive about this thing, like he definitely he definitely knows more than he's letting on. But I think he I think he still doesn't quite know the full thing about this relic. Like he's still not a hundred percent on it. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, okay. So that's that's the end. That's of, the drifter of our drifter series. Uh, I'm that's... I'm sure there will be a little more as the season goes on that that drifter takes part in. But uh, you know, I as we've done in the past, I think we're gonna assume that people are probably playing what's currently out there. Uh, not gonna append more to this series until uh, such a time that it feels like there's there's stuff that people maybe don't have access to. Um, yeah. But no, I think, I think that I think with all that information from, from our three parts, you can kind of form your own opinion of what you think of the drifter now. Yeah. 
so things, at least for me, to take away from this. Uh, he likes to eat. Um, he's in it for himself. And I think he likes Eris. I think those are so, yeah. all valid. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that uh, that was it. Um, we got any shout outs? Oh, we do have shout outs. We do. We so do. I'm, I'm going to do mine and I'll let you do yours. Okay. I have uh, a super special one and I'm super <laughs> excited to tell about it. Yeah. So uh, first shout out for the night comes to us from uh, our Twitter page. Uh, this is from at TGovnor1. Uh, who says, hey, myths and stories, discovered your podcast today and loving the Drifter stuff. Guys, a really good listen. Looking forward to the next part. Thank you. Oh, hell yeah. Well, here's the next part. <laughs> uh, and thank you. So, yeah. Um, do, I, do I get to tell my story yep. now? No, it's your I'm turn. So ex- I'm so excited. Uh, so this last week, uh, I was in Hawaii uh, for a friend's wedding. And one of the things that we got to go is on a dinner cruise. And there was a guy there, like I, I wore every, I pretty much only own destiny shirts. Um, so I had the, I had the, the, the moments of triumph shirt on and it's got, you know, how in the, in the, on the sleeve, it's got your, you can put your gamer tag on it. If you, if you ordered it that way. So I'm sitting there at my table with my little Zorialis gamer tag sleeve on. And one of the guys that works on the boat comes up and he goes, Hey, uh, do you play destiny and i was like i sure do and he's like i do you do you do a podcast or something i was like yeah myths and stories and, and he's like oh my god i i saw your name zorialis and i recognized you from that and i was like oh hey what's up uh so yeah so he and i had a cool little like back and forth on the boat uh uh out in the middle of the ocean and his name was kyler uh so thank you kyler uh out in hawaii hawaii uh hawaii uh, for listening to our podcast and and paying attention, <laughs> it was a it was a really cool feel good moment. My my wife, as soon as the guy came over and talked, my wife instantly sent a message to Matthew. She was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna come back and his ego is gonna be so big and his head's gonna be three times the size it is." <laughs> and it kind of is, but you know what? I think I think I earned that one. Yeah. So it- yeah. I have to say it's pretty amazing that stars aligned for someone to see the shirt and see the name and like, that's, that's awesome. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what were the odds of that? Like, yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. It was super, super cool. Little, super cool. Little, uh, interactive there. Um, so yeah. Uh, well myth, uh, that's the end of the drifter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are we, what, you got anything else, or, or do we know where we're going next? Uh, we've got a couple things that, that we could we could do. Um, say we're gonna have to kind of decide where we want to go with it. Uh, I think there's a couple of um, shorter ones we could do. We have a couple other character pieces we could focus on. So uh, we'll we'll do something fun. You know, yeah. either way, uh, we try and theme what we're talking about about uh around whatever's currently happening in game or one of the characters that are in game or we think will be relevant shortly um so keep all that in mind uh when you you keep an eye out for for our next episode uh yeah if you liked what you heard you know on this episode or any of our our previous uh 
really, really awesome thing would be to, to leave a review on whatever your platform of choice is, be it just stars on Spotify, or if you're so inclined to leave an actual text review on like Audible or, or Apple Podcasts or whatnot, those are always greatly appreciated. Uh, if you want to just reach out and leave a comment or, uh, you know, like we, we talked about earlier today, someone that, that had a, you know, I wonder if this is what's going on kind of theory of your own. Um, you can drop us a line uh, on Twitter at Myths and Stories, a Z instead of an S, the capital of stories. Uh, and we, you know, look at those periodically as as time allows and try and get those fit into our, our show for shout outs or, or respond there. So, uh, yeah, and say just, you know, whatever you, you feel you want to do, we we appreciate all of it, even if it's just listening to the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, I I guess I'm gonna thank um, I'm gonna thank Eris for giving Drifter a chance. Yeah. You know, like uh, maybe 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 keep giving him a chance. Maybe maybe we'll see a little love blossom there. Maybe nobody knows. Who knows? Okay. Uh, anything else, Smith? Then. No, that is it. Alrighty. Well, then, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.